Hi everyone and welcome to the This Week in British History podcast. Before we get started, this is an audio version of the YouTube series This Week in British History, which is available on the British History Tours uh, uh, channel. So just to let you know that if you want to watch so that you also get the visuals, there is a link in the show notes on this podcast, which will give you the link to YouTube. But I've also recorded this, so in a way that I hope you can enjoy it fully also as a podcast. All right, let's get started. Hello fellow history lovers, welcome back to the This Week in British History series. If you love British history, then you are definitely in the right place. My name is Philippa Lacey Brule from British History Tours, and this week we are covering events which happened between the 2nd and the 8th of March. This week we have the first flights of two iconic aircraft. We have a new queen, we have the Royal Charter given for Pennsylvania and we have the patented invention of the telephone. If you enjoy this episode, please do give it a thumbs up. If you comment below, I will comment back. I love replying to all the comments. Um, please subscribe to the channel if you'd like to hear about this and other videos that go up on my channel. Obviously click the bell or tap the bell so that you get notifications each time a new video is uploaded. We have the This Week in British History series, plus loads of other bonus videos that go up from time to time as well. On the 2nd of March, 1969, the famous Concorde took its first flight, being flown out of Toulouse by French pilot Andre Turcat. I've probably not pronounced that right. I'm not very good with French. <laughs> French accents. But he was flying what would become the fastest ever commercial aeroplane. The flight took 27 minutes and afterwards there was a press conference in which the pilot said, the big bird flies. I'm not quite sure if that means that he wasn't sure it would fly, but it certainly flies and it flew very, or it certainly flew and it flew very fast. Concorde could seat 130 passengers and get them from London to New York in three and a half hours. British Airways and Air France adopted Concorde and it was in service from 1976 up to its retirement in 2003. However, Concorde was extremely costly to run. Just two tonnes of fuel to taxi it along the runway, 100 tonnes of fuel to get it from London to New York. Concorde's sonic boom got it banned from various aerospaces around the world and it became just more difficult and it was costly to run Concorde. The tragic Air France Concorde crash of 2000, followed by September the 11th, 2001, saw a huge downturn in the number of people wishing to book flights. That, along with uh, rising fuel costs and rising costs of the safety requirements for aircraft, meant that Concorde was eventually retired. And you may notice some additions to my background this week. Um, there's actually four. I think the other two are slightly out of shot. Uh, these are uh, black work, which is a sort of embroidery. I'm told I'm not, um, unfortunately, crafted, gifted enough to be this um, this, cra this crafty. Um, these were done by my uh, late Nana and I now have possession of them. Um, if you want to see them in in uh, better detail, then please go to my Facebook page. I've put um, images of pictures of each one of these on there. Um, they're really beautiful. So 
definitely go and have a look at them. They're of Stratford-upon-Avon, Shakespeare's birthplace. So um, if you're interested and you like that kind of thing, if you like embroidery, if you like Shakespeare, if you like Stratford, these <laughs> go along to my Facebook page, have a look. The link is in the notes. On the 4th of March 1681, the 36-year-old William Penn was given a royal charter to go and set up a colony in America. With this, Penn became the largest landowner in the world, I believe, with 28 million acres. William Penn was born in 1644 and was brought up in the Church of England. However, as he grew, he, uh, he, just, he had issues with some of the doctrines of the faith and he, he actually discovered Quakerism and converted in 1667. Penn's vision for his colony in North America was to be able to provide somewhere for people to be able to practice their religion as they wanted. Since the 1400s, European explorers had been colonising areas of America. And so this land was deemed to be the property of the English crown and King Charles II granted it to William Penn. But why would Charles II want to gift 28 million acres to William Penn? Well, it was in fact in lieu of a debt which Charles II owed to William's father, Admiral William Penn. Admiral William Penn was owed by the Crown because he had effectively fed, watered and clothed some of the... I don't know if it's an entire or some of the British Navy. And so he was owed a debt. William Penn Jr., if you like, used this as a bargaining uh, tool with Charles II to ask for this land. Sylvania comes from the Latin word for woods and Penn is in honour of William Penn Senior. So the Royal Charter that was granted on the 4th of March 1681 is still housed in Pennsylvania, I believe, in the State Museum. On the 5th of March 1936, the prototype of the Spitfire was first flown. It was flown out of Eastleigh, Southampton, and it was called the Supermarine K5054, I've remembered that right. <laughs> uh, Supermarine was the name of the manufacturer. Uh, they were a company called Supermarine Engineering Limited based in Stoke-on-Trent. Um, and they, hence the name Supermarine K5054 was the, the model name, if you like, of the prototype which was flown on that day. This was the prototype for the Spitfire and very little was changed between this and the Spitfire Mark I. It was a single seat, single engine aeroplane designed to meet the requirements of the RAF. The engine was a Rolls-Royce Merlin engine and the Spitfire entered service for the Royal Air Force from 1938. The Spitfire was in service until 1952, the Mark 24 being the final model in service. On the 7th of March 1876, Scottish-born inventor Alexander Graham Bell was awarded the patent for the telephone. Now, I actually have an old-fashioned telephone here, and it's not just for show. <laughs> um, now you can buy these phones and link them via Bluetooth to your mobile. So this does ring, and I can use it, um, but I'm using my phone to record, so <laughs> I can't record it. But... I don't know if I hold this up with a, ooh, you're here. Not quite the dialing tone I remember as a child, but yes. Um, and it does work, I can ring people. Anyway, it's quite cool. 
Together with his colleague Thomas Watson, Bell had successfully developed voice transmission through wire. At the time he was living in the US, he'd actually moved to Canada as a child and then had emigrated into the US. The patent for the telephone in the US was awarded on the 14th of February and in the UK on the 7th of March. Therefore, he'd effectively patented the telephone on both sides of the Atlantic. Bell has also gone down in the history books as the first person to transmit his voice, Watson being on the other end and being able to confirm that he had heard Bell through the wire. Apparently his words were, Mr Watson, come here, I want to see you. Bell promoted his invention through public demonstrations and in 1877 set up the Bell Telephone Company. So this is something interesting and curious uh, attached to the invention of the telephone. Of course, before we had the telephone, there was no convention as to how you would answer a telephone. And Bell suggested that the word ahoy was used, similar to a greeting on a, on a ship, that we would pick up the receiver and say ahoy. However, obviously now we have adopted the word hello. Many people claimed to have invented the telephone at around the same time. However, there was over 550 court cases that were unsuccessful at proving that. The telephone we now know has the addition of a microphone to amplify the sound, and that was the invention of Thomas Edison. On the 8th of March, 1702, Queen Anne becomes the final Stuart monarch of England, taking the throne over from her brother-in-law, William III. William III and his wife, Mary II, had uh, come over to, uh, by invitation to take the, uh, the throne of England. This is what is termed the Glorious Revolution in, uh, in England. Um, this was the, the de deposing of the Catholic James II, who had to go into exile in Europe, and the invitation of his Protestant daughter, Mary, and her husband, William of Orange, to come and take the throne of Britain. Anne, was Mary's younger sister. So on the death of Mary, William ruled on his own and on William's death, caused by a fall from a horse which tripped on a molehill in, uh, riding in the, uh, the surrounds of Hampton Court Palace, uh, Anne took over from him. Now James II had gone into exile in France. He had a son, also called James, and this is, this line still was in existence in exile in France. On the death of William III, James II's son, James, uh, declared himself James III of England. His father, James II, for his part, had written to his son to give him advice as to how he should rule England and particular positions of authority that Catholics should um, be put into, also they should be, uh, they should take up the officer positions in the military. So despite James II having been deposed and being in exile in France, he obviously had hopes and expectations that the line, that his line would continue. His, this, despite the fact his daughters were actually, or his daughter at the time, Mary was on the throne um, and she would be succeeded by her younger sister and his, his, his youngest daughter, Anne. James had ideas that his Catholic line would take, and male, would take the, the English throne. And so when William III died, James, James II's son, James, it actually declared himself James III of England. 
However, Anne was in the country, she was Protestant and she was proclaimed Queen of England. Thank you for watching this episode of This Week in British History with me, Philippa Lacey Brawl. And if you did like it, please do give it a thumbs up and um, hit subscribe and hit the bell because I'll be here again next week and I'd hate you to miss out because you didn't know about it. You can't wait a week. Please do come and find me on Facebook or Instagram. The links are in the show notes. Otherwise, I will see you next week. Have a great one. Thank you.